Welcome to the Rich Relationship Podcast with Gil and Renee, where amazing things happen. Our goal is to help build, repair, and restore healthy relationships. Our primary focus is on the marriage relationship. However, the topics are applicable to the relationships that we value most. Remember, we're stronger together. Let's grow. We're talking about love, and I'm so excited to have the guests that I have with me tonight. Love has been defined as one of the most intense emotions that we can experience as humans. So there's a variety of different feelings, states, and attitudes that range from interpersonal affection to pleasure. Love's been designed as an intense feeling of affection with no limits or conditions for a person. I am so excited today to have with me Gil and Renee Beavers. Now these people, you may not know them yet, but after this conversation, you're gonna wanna get to know more about them. They are relationship strategists, they're trainers, they are PE trainers, which is uh, Prepare Enrich. They are podcasters, book coaches, and authors. I've known Renee my whole life. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) My whole life. (laughs) And uh, they are both from Detroit. They've been married for over three decades, 31 years married, 37 years together. Thank you guys so much for being here tonight. How you guys doing? We are um, elated and excited. I love that song. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's my pleasure. It really is my pleasure. I think sometimes when you want to know some information, you got to go to the blueprint. So I consider (laughs) you guys blueprints in marriage, you. you know, because you've endured so much personally and collectively. And so because you've been through so many things, I figure who better to call on when it comes to talking about love and relationships. So tonight, hopefully you put the children to bed (laughs) and we can now get deep into the conversation. So I want to ask first, how are you guys doing? Go ahead, you answer. (laughs) I am doing absolutely wonderful. Um, everyone, Everyone is saying that they're busy and so I feel that we've been productive. That's what's Absolutely. more important. And so we've been productive and intentional and grateful and um, excited about what God is doing and what's coming up. And also making these new adjustments. You know, everybody's going through, uh, as they say, the new normal. Mm-hmm. So yes. hopefully you've made adjustments and especially with the ones you love and adjusted to the new situations we all find ourselves in and make the best out of it because that's all we can do right now. That's you know, all we can do. That buy is some masks that are fashion statements. You know, my mask, I coordinate my mask with my clothing, you know, <laughs> make it another, you know, another part of your accessories. I can see that too. <laughs> yeah, she does. It. I'm so, like, so, another so, mask. Um, but I wanted to say I'm so proud of both of you, mm-hmm. you know, because coming out of Detroit, we've overcome a lot of obstacles, but those optical obstacles did not make us statistics. No. And so I'm so grateful to God and, and yes. just making us well-rounded people, perfect people. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. But he has made us so well-rounded. So I want to ask a question. What has kept you guys good? marriage-wise and love-wise during this pandemic? What, what's kept you good? I would say the first thing is our relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the anchor for any relationship is your faith, your faith, your values, 
And so that has been the thing that has been an anchor for our soul throughout the time we've been married and even just dating. But I think during COVID, what's helped us is giving each other space and spending time together. You know, because you find yourself in this new environment. You know, I'm actually working from home like most people are now. And Renee Mm -hmm. is always doing something. She's always got so many different ventures going. She finds she'll plant herself right up in the couch in the front room, in the living room. I'm in one of the back offices. I'm in my office now in the back room. And and we actually treat it just like we would on a normal day. We try to keep it as normal as possible, you know, with work and and try to have a normal routine. Because when I come in the office... I actually do my work, close the door, and I come out at lunchtime. Every now and then yeah, I'll pop out and that. stuff like that. So we all got things going on. Yeah. But you try to keep it as normal. And as far as us together, I think that has been one of the a catalyst of change because yes. one of the things we actually started doing was getting out after work and walking every night for one hour. And you'll be wow. surprised okay. at what it does for your relationship because that's not something we had the opportunity to do before now we have the opportunity to do it and we actually spend that hour literally focused on just what's going on to keep in touch with each other not just with the events of what's going on but with each other like what are you thinking about what's what's Mm -hmm. going on in your mind those Mm -hmm. types of things and sometimes (laughs) a little bit more challenging for us guys to talk about it than the the ladies but I try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What What is one of the things that you've learned about yourselves personally in the pandemic? What have you learned that you probably didn't know or even understand about yourself? I am more of an introvert than I am an extrovert. Really? I'd like to be with myself. <laughs> okay. And the thing I love about Gil is that he's not emotionally demanding so yes. if I sit and I'm quiet, he can sit and be quiet or if or vice versa. And so I think I've just really learned that I think we are a lot more alike than I ever realized we were. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to me, it hasn't bothered me not to be around people. <laughs> and and for, for me, I would say it's been my ability to adapt to change because yes. this we haven't. I'm, I, I've been a career military person and we move a lot, but we are used to routine. And mm-hmm. when you disrupt somebody's routine, it kind of tends to throw them off a little bit. Absolutely. You know? But with this, everybody's been thrown off and everybody's been kind of forced to change. So you, we have a saying, you adapt and overcome. So yes. what we've had to do and what that's something I recognize outside of vocationally, I've kind of done is adapted to this new environment and actually talking more, believe it or not, to Renee about what's going on with me and the things of what's going on in the world. You know, yes. so we just been kind of sharing the events of everyday life more than ever before. Absolutely. Well, one of, yeah. what, one of the biggest things that I found that I'm really excited about when it comes to you guys is you've written or co-authored a new book. And so this is what brought us here tonight. Your newest book, Rich Relationships, Our Marital Code to Oneness, is set to be released October 7th which is going to kick off with a virtual launch party. It's an ebook available on Amazon. You guys have an exciting lineup for this particular uh, event. Um, we'll get to meet the co-authors. You guys are gonna have gratitude, giveaways and giggles. Your mistress of <laughs> ceremony is Jackie Hoskins. Your psalmist is going to be Cicely Mason and comedian JP, is that Lap 
Lapsum. So I'm really excited to dig into what you guys have to say about this new book. So you've covered a lot of ground in this book um, to aid in building the relationship, repairing the relationship, restoring the relationship. So let's talk about that in detail a little bit. Sure. I I, I, want to start first because I have to say my wife has done an amazing job with this project. This was something that was kind of birthed out of her heart and it kind of spun off of the podcast really originally that we started last year. But she has done an amazing job kind of tackling new things that she's never had to do before and excelling at some of the things she's already done, but taking it to another level. So I have to say she's done an amazing job at coordinating and getting this thing all together. And and more importantly, God has really, really blessed it because it was not of our own hand that I can say we actually did anything, but we were just his hands and he allowed us to use us to bring these amazing people together to Mm -hmm. kind of pin this thing. So, and I'll let Renee piggyback off of that because we started out, we had already kind of wrote a book because we've been working with couples for quite a few years, yes. you know, just doing premarital counseling and just devitalized couples and things like that already. And we had kind of started already authoring something that we were just going to release just us two. Mm-hmm. But that's when God put it on Renee's heart to like expand this out. And I'll let her pick up right there from, from that point. Absolutely. Yeah, God has a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he does. And, and, and so, like you said, we had already written the book in 2015, and then we did the podcast kind of based on the book. Right. And then every time we got ready to release, release the book, the Lord kept saying, no, 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 it's not time. And so it's like, well, why not get other people to be a part of it? So when we interview couples, I'm like, why don't we get other people to share their story? Because everyone is going to have someone that they relate to and they identify with. And so mm-hmm. if we get other people to talk about their story and we gave each of them a topic, it, it's just amazing how these people, most of them don't know each other and they were given a guideline to share their story within, to make sure it's shared, they shared a story, they gave an example and they gave a call to action. That was the, the requirement for the people who wrote. Yes. So they wrote about the framework and so it's broken down into three areas like building a house. Mm-hmm. You have the foundation, you have the framework, and then you have the code. The code is what protects and keeps it safe. And so I love that. They mm-hmm. wrote about the framework, and then Gil and I wrote about the foundation and the and the code. And it's just so beautiful to see how just us being willing to take the time of being productive during COVID and intentional, realizing that people are blaming the um, epidemic of divorce on COVID, but really it's just that people have been too busy to know their relationship was so broken. And so that, now that that is the feel, truth. Mm-hmm. they're realizing, oh my gosh, this is bad. And so it's going to be a solution. You talked about it, eradicating divorce. And I feel like it's going to be an anchor for people's hearts who are thinking about getting married or divorced or even single to kind of help them to kind of have a safe place to go. The, the New York Times reported that 31% of couples admitted lockdown has caused irreparable in, in, in Mm-hmm. Uh, differences in their right. relationships. What advice would you give a couple that's actually going through the struggle mm-hmm. and they're deciding to throw in the towel on their marriage? What, what advice would you have for them? Join us on October the 7th and download our book. It's the ebook first, but the book will be available. <laughs> the physical book will be available on the 10th. But okay. we actually work with couples. So we don't just have a book. 
they can get in touch with us. We do couple sessions on Zoom. And the thing that's awesome is that we were doing this long before COVID. So right, it's been about right. six years since we were working with couples. We do assessments. We help them to get new tools. We help them to have accountability and community. And it's both of us. It's not just a man or a woman. It's a man and a woman. So if they're at that place, we would love to be an anchor for their marriage. And I would say one of the things that it kind of reveals is when they are going through these situations and circumstances and it reveals things to them, it's not that it's a terrible thing because it reveals the things that were already there. This is just an opportunity for these things to kind of surface up. And all of us got married. For those who are married, we got married and we remember that day when it was an amazing time. We had good feelings and all those things. Mm -hmm. But somewhere along the line, things start degrading or we stopped doing the things that got us to that altar. And therefore, those are some of the things that we kind of readdress and redo. Because a lot of times, like Renee kind of said, it's not that they don't have a knowledge problem. And maybe they do. And that's one of the things we share with them they more have an application problem. They're yes. not applying some of the things that they already know and already have been doing, you know, something as simple as just communicating openly. One of the things we talk about with our couples is being hot. We call it honest, open, and transparent in their communication. And if you can't do that, that's an indicator that you may need to work on some things. So that's yes. just, just as an example of some of the things we just kind of work with them. So that's a good starting point. Yeah, that is that's a great starting point. Now, you guys launched uh, Rich Relations Refuge, right? Mm -hmm. So that's on Saturday nights at eight o'clock Central Standard Time. And that's where you talk about HOT, the acronym HOT, which is, again, honest, open and transparent Mm -hmm. uh, for couple sessions. And let's let's talk. I want to talk about that later, but let's go (laughs) back. Let's go back because I don't want to miss. the points of the book, because you guys, I will only say that you have to be anointed by God to do what you did because you brought 17 couples together. Yes. 17 couples. And in that you offered them an opportunity to tell their personal stories, good or bad. Mm -hmm. You know, what was the approach for you to bring all these amazing people to come together and be transparent? You know, I think a part of it was when we were soliciting for people, the requirement was, was that you had to have a heart for marriage, a heart to serve. Yes. And a heart to really make a difference with somebody else, because when people want to be served, those are not good people to serve people. You want people that want to serve. Okay. <laughs> Please okay. repeat that for the people in the back. I don't think they heard that. I said, when people want to be served, they're not good at serving other people. You have to have a heart to serve. Those are the best people to work with. And so that was our our heart. Our cry was, we want people who really want to serve. Because marriage ministry is, is one of the most overlooked, most neglected parts of ministry and so we wanted people that that was really their heart and it was their thing. And so I think that that really helped. And then we, you know, we had a screening process and, you know, and even the book still, even going through the whole process, it kind of helps you to kind of see, is this your thing or is this not your thing? Mm-hmm. So we're just really big on being honest. It's like, we're not going to, if you're in a space, you're not supposed to be in, it's still empty. So we're not going to help people be in a space they're not really called to be in. And, and you said it greatly because God did bless this. This is he nothing did. but his hand because... These authors are all over the country from Virginia all the way to Hawaii. So 
we and, and just from relationships, that's why we coin everything relationships, rich relationships, yeah. because those are the things that are going to take you to the next level. Nobody can do things on their own by any stretch of the imagination. They may think they can, but all yes. of us have a support system or somebody who's in our corner or backing us or encouraging us or supporting us mm-hmm. to do the things that God has called us to do. And and we're just so thankful for all these 17 authors that opened up themselves. They became yeah. really hot with this because <laughs> one of our driving forces or factors was we wanted the just like me factor. Right. You know, so many times you can go through uh, scenarios of situations where you're getting counseling or counsel from other people, but they're just giving you advice and their thoughts Theory. about things, but not necessarily some applicable ap- application that you can take away. And that's what this book really does. You just look at it and we guarantee that you can take something away from it and start yeah. applying the minute you read it. That That's that's an awesome concept. Were you going to say something, Renee? Our, our whole thing is application because we believe that there is no such thing as marriage problems. There are people problems that you bring into your marriage. And so the issues that we find in relationships are only a reflection of what's going on in our heart. So mm-hmm. we get into these close relationships like marriage or COVID and we're like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? And it's like, it may not necessarily be the scenario or the people, it might be something in our heart. And so it's Absolutely. just having a safe place. And like what you said, you know, go to people who are doing it. Not that they're perfect, but talk to people who love you, who love marriage and who love your spouse, because if they don't, they're going to encourage you to do things that are not going to be a part of the goal that you set out for, which was till death do us part. There's something that I read on your website that really kind of just, it's been on my heart all week. Oh. And I, and I, and it, I've been thinking about it the entire time. You said work your relationships so your your relationships will work on you. Work on your relationships or your relationships will work on you. I have been pondering that thought all week and it's making me reconsider a lot of the relationships that I do have. Mm-hmm. You know, it's making me reconsider a lot of my relationships. But let's talk about that a little bit. You know, um, in regards to people who think that they're doing all the right things in their relationship, um, you may have the wife who thinks she's doing it perfectly on this side and then the husband who thinks he's doing it perfectly on this side. And then right in the middle, you see all the wrong. Right. Let's talk about working the relationship. I would say the first thing is, is something that we learned really early was that I can't tell myself I'm a good wife. He has to tell me that. <laughs> okay. So we like have to that. allow the person that we're in the relationship with to give us the feedback because we tell ourselves we're wonderful, but it's what do the people who are closest to you say about what you say you're good about? So I don't try to tell myself I'm a good wife. I ask him, well, how am I doing? Where are areas that I can improve? What do you need more from me? I have to ask questions from the person that I'm supposed to be in this relationship with and not just tell myself or ask my single girlfriends, how am I doing? And of course, I'm great to them. But Mm -hmm. you have to ask the person you're in the relationship with how you're doing. Don't tell yourself that you're doing good. And and the second part to that, we would say you have to listen. You know, that's one of the most overlooked skills and basic skills that most neglect in their relationship. And listening is not just you hearing what that person said audibly. If you can't regurgitate back to them what they said, more than likely you didn't catch it because we tend to start focusing on what we want to say and what we want to respond to before we can actually address what's really going on. And sometimes I think a lot of people allow anger to be the anchor 
and it and it takes away from the whole process. Yes. You know, it takes away from it. You guys have been marriage counselors for 15 years. We always say we're marriage facilitators. Okay. <laughs> marriage facilitators. <laughs> because I think to me, I think when people think of a counselor, and this is what we do different, we don't let you spend three weeks talking about your childhood. We want you to tell us where you are and we want to help you move from there. Because it's more important that you get the tools, like you fell down, okay, all the details of how you fell down. No, let's get up and let's get some tools so you don't fall again. And then later on, we can go back and find out find out how you fell. But if you don't get the tools to really understand how you got where you are, then you're not really helping people. So people always say that when they work with us, that they normally work from four to eight weeks, where sometimes for counseling, it can take you three to four to five to six years. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we are more focused on helping you to facilitate the tools, the community, and the support you need to really have a healthy relationship. Gil and Renee Beaver's over 30-year relationship is the genesis for the Rich Relationship Podcast, which is designed to empower individuals with the tools, principles, and the community needed to unpack ourselves, our past, and our preconceived notions associated with relationships. Let's get empty and grow together so that our lives will be filled with love and healthy, rich relationships. Now let's go into our show. So, so if you have a couple who met a year ago, mm-hmm. they met a year ago and they decide they want to get married. And like you just said, sometimes the counseling part t- takes three to six years and sometimes even longer, depending on the severity of the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give a couple who's who's been together a month or a year? regardless. And they decide they want to take a leap into marriage. What would be the first piece of advice you would give them, you know, just off the rip? What what would you tell them? We'll both give something. You The first something. thing I would say is you have to be willing to know yourself first, because a lot of times you are an individual before you even become a couple. So if there's things that you lack in your identity as a person and some of your shortcomings, we don't call them weaknesses. We call them strengths and growth areas. So if you recognize, as an example, if you have difficulty with just communication, Mm -hmm. that's probably going, you're going to carry that right into your relationship and you're going to struggle with that. But if you don't recognize and identify what are the things that I'm weak at, or like I said, growth, I need growth in, then you will probably have a good place to start of what you're going to bring to the relationship from the very beginning. So I would say, Start trying to identify what are my my growth areas and myself first before the two shall become one. Love that. Okay. And the second thing I would say is that love grows. You don't fall into it. And so something that grows takes time. And when the seed is put into the ground, there's a lot of time where you don't see anything going on. And then all of a sudden you start to see it spring up. And so if you think of love as something that grows versus something that you fall into, you understand that it's a process and it takes time and you can't know someone in a month. Mm-hmm. You can't know someone. So <clears throat> to say you love someone is to know them um, as far as as, to, as it pertains to marriage. You need to really know them. You need to know yourself first, like you said, but you need to know them and that takes time. And so mm-hmm. I think that people should see people in different seasons summer, winter, spring, life, death, weddings, funerals, before you can say, I, I love you. Because we see couples that say, well, if I would have known that, I wouldn't have got married. But that's still your fault because you didn't yes. have time to get to that. Yeah. So a year yeah. is just really quick. 
Yeah. And not that it can't happen. I think the more mature you are and the more you know yourself and you've taken the time to get to, because you can know somebody really well, really fast, and you can know someone for a long time and not know them at all. So ideally, no, it shouldn't happen in a year, but it could if you're very transparent, you're very aware of yourself, and you, you are really committed to forever. And I would even add one last thing to that, just that's a good topic, and then spun my thought about it, since this is off the cuff, is ask themselves that you've been together for a year, ask yourself one one question. Do I love this person unconditionally and can I put them ahead of myself? Yeah, yeah. If you can't answer a yes to both of those, you may want to slow down. And I can add one to that one. <laughs> Do you know what you hate about them? And can you live with that forever if it doesn't change? <laughs> that's heavy. That's really heavy. <laughs> You know, but that's a perfect question, especially for the condition that we're in right now. Oh, absolutely. You know, that is the perfect question. Now, you guys, like I said, you've been you've been counselors for 15 years. So that's half of the span of your marriage. You know, um, so with that, I know that there were some tough times. Yes. What was your driving force in those times where it was rough? And what did you do to turn that thing around? You know, for me, I would say at the very beginning, because we came to Christ later in our life. So even when we got married, we weren't saved. We weren't living for the Lord or anything. So we were doing things on our own. We were trying to figure things out. You know, we were trying to do the best we could with trying to be good people and nice people and all the things that you can do in your own effort and power and energy. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until we made that first big step, which is surrendering my own life individually to Christ that it made it was the catalyst it was the start of the change in our relationship because that that change has to start with you it can't start with Renee because I'm the one that I'm the problem first you know so that's why I had to start at you know for with with me to say you know what once my relationship got in line the correct way Mm-hmm. We always say that we believe that the person, the, the ultimate creator who created marriage probably knows how it should work. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so so I got a question that I didn't even, this is not an official question that I have, but I just thought about it. Um, so Gil, you're a military guy. Yes. And Renee is, and I'm just going to, is a Detroit girl. Yes. So so in the beginning, you know, how were things? But you all were so young when you got together. You were 21. How were things when you first got together? Was it a easy? Was the conversation easy? Was the situation easy? We have this conversation all the time because we work <laughs> with so many couples. Yeah. Um, I, <clears throat> and I both are very easygoing. We are not... Um, submission was something I didn't really know about, but I just saw so many strong women in my family and I watched how hard it was for them to get along with people. But I said, I just don't want to be like that. I don't, I don't want to be like that. So in the beginning of our marriage, I think that I acquiesced to him so much because I wanted things to work. And so I think in the beginning, and we always have been best friends. We always talked about everything. And so I think for us, our beginnings were probably a lot easier than most people. One, because we were so young. Mm-hmm. And two, because we knew marriage was, we, we made the decision that marriage was going to be forever. So no yeah. matter what, we were going to be together. And so where there's a lot of things I learned that while in some areas I was very submissive and other areas I was very defiant and controlling mm-hmm. and I, I had temper tantrums. And so 
there was always that, just like with a cornet, there's a good and a bad, there's a, a, yes. a yin and a yang. So there was always those dynamics. And 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 I think even with that that youth that we had going into marriage, that actually was a positive for me because we, we, didn't, didn't, we didn't know what we didn't know. So, <laughs> so we, we were act, except we knew that we wanted to be together and we knew because we seen what divorce does to families, mm-hmm. we decided before we even really honestly walked down the aisle that if we're going to do this, it's forever. It's us. Yeah. This is us. We, we have to make a commitment for forever because that, and that was even not knowing, knowing the Lord yeah. that we just took that vow seriously. You know, yeah. and that's just in the uh, inherited nature of our character. I think that we just made that commitment at the very beginning, because I think sometimes people go into relationships and in marriages so willy nilly so quickly that they don't consider the cost and what is really going to be required. You can't know it. But if you know it going in, I don't think half the people would get married if they knew how how challenging it can be. And it's worth I mean, You have to be willing to give up. I, I went from doing hair, making a lot of money to marrying an airman. But broke. we made a decision broke. when we were, <laughs> we were dating. Yeah, we broke. were broke. Made a decision in Detroit on Belle Isle that we would never put money before our love for one another. Okay. How we knew to do that, it, it was the Lord. But we made that decision that it was going to be us. And so for us, we always understood. And, and, and growing up for Aaron, we would always tell her, marriage is till death do you part. And yeah. she asked us one time, what would you do if daddy cheated on me? I would kill him. And so and he would ask him the same question. He said the same <laughs> thing. So we had to learn by the time Aaron was like 11 or 12. Wait a minute, baby. We're really not serious. We really don't mean. We right, right. Stuff. So you, the things you teach your kids, you got to be careful that you teach it in the right frame. <laughs> That is hilarious. So I'm going to ask another question. Um, just this is kind of like a break because we're at the halfway. No, that's piece, okay. So let's just get a little break. Sure. Okay. What is your superpower? And I'm asking individually and then as a couple, what's your superpower? Okay. You want to go first on that one? Uh, my superpower is um, gratitude. Oh, I love that. Okay. <laughs> that's beautiful. You want to elaborate on it? You just go stick, leave it at um, that? I think that for me, because I've gone through so much, I've learned that, I mean, my my um, underline is joy, but the way it's expressed is through gratitude, because I realized that no matter what happens to you, it could always be worse. And you have oh, to take yeah. the position of saying, you know what, what's going to be, I don't understand how this is going to, the Bible says all things work together for good for those who love God who are called according to his purpose. I've seen that in my life so many times. So for me, I'm like, no matter what happens, I'm not grateful for the situation. I'm grateful for the way God is going to turn this around. And I would say mine would be patience. Oh, nice. Okay, Joe. Because with that, it's just always been my disposition. and, and, And it just made me think about that because one of the very first passages that I ever read in the Bible was Galatians chapter five, where it talks about the lust of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And I ran down that list and I always thought about it. And I said, oh, man, I got patience. <laughs> when I first met uh-huh. it, the very first time I was like, so when you just said it as a superpower, God blessed me with the superpower of patience. Yes, that's a huge superpower that ninety nine point nine percent of the world don't have. Yeah, you that's know, okay. So, if somebody, I'm sorry, mortals. Yeah, yeah. he got that's <laughs> Yeah, <his superpower. laughs> That's fantastic. Now, as a couple, what would you say your superpower is? I would say empathy towards each other. 
I, I allow her to be who she is and I want to understand what she's going through and what she is experiencing. And I feel it, you know, I, even from a very young, early age in our relationship, when we were young, like we already talked about, that was something that I think yeah. we had early in our, our relationship. Now she may disagree, but I think it was empathy. Yeah. So, so I, I want to piggyback on that question. Sure. Has there been a moment where you've not see her be who she is and how did you help her in that moment and vice versa? How do you guys help each other when you don't see your superpower shining? Well, you know, I know for me, when he said empathy, that is that my husband is probably the most empathetic person I have ever met in my life. And I know that he's always displayed empathy towards me and and it's taught me to become more empathetic. But yes. I think the thing that I have when I have seen Gil not being himself is like seeing him now and he is in the full bloom of who he is. And that's sharing his life with other people because Gil can be very hard on himself and not see himself Oof. as great as he is. And so I'm always trying to encourage him and tell him how great he is and how wonderful he is and how great of a father he is and how great of a man he is. And so to me, when I see him not doing that, I use words and I use my actions to remind him that, you know what? You know, it's, it's going to be OK, but you, you're still you're still great. You know, there's still greatness inside of you. There's still there's still things that God wants. Even with this writing this book, because Gil would tell you he's not a writer, but he yeah. is he he was so very vital in us doing this because Gil has a great imagination. He's a great he's a deep thinker. And so our I think we we balance each other out, you know, and, and even what you just said about would I not see Renee be who she is and operating in her superpower is to kind of encourage her and remind her that she's greater than even the superpower that she has, because there's things that I've seen her take on. And I just recently gave her this title. I said, babe, you know what? You are a finisher. (laughs) No matter what she starts. Oh, trust me, it's going to get finished. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care what is going to be required. Even some of our authors, they're going to they could probably attest to this, that she's going to make sure you finish what you start so yeah. she can be an encouraging in that matter. So so there are times I'm when, a pusher. I am a pusher, not drugs. I push people. Absolutely. So, so I would say Absolutely. she's a finisher and that just sometimes just encourage her and a reminder of that. Mm-hmm. When a marriage is failing, mm-hmm. there's always signs. You always see the signs. A marriage just doesn't wake up one morning and say no. it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. So with that, on the flip side of it, what if you can't work things out with someone? What if, what if the situation has gotten so far where you've done it for the children, you've done it for the stability, you've done it for the family? What would be the advice that you would give if, in fact, there is some saving? Well, I believe that there's always saving unless there's physical and sexual abuse. Those are definite indicators that you have to be safe. And we're not saying that we want anyone to be in an abusive physically or sexual relationship because that's that's unhealthy. Because even even adultery is grounds for divorce, but it doesn't mean you have to get a divorce. And so Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, you talk about those. Those are symptoms. The things you noticed are Mm -hmm. symptoms. And so if you get to the root cause of what's going on individually, when you come together, you begin to realize when people say irreconcilable differences. So that means you have two selfish people who want their own way. 
That's my definition of, of reconcilable. Because okay. any situation can always be resolved if you're willing to own your part and be willing to do the work and carry your weight. And and I would even add to that, forgiveness has to be a big, big part in and the empathy. whole process. Mm-hmm. You know, because like you said, you don't wake up that way. It's been eroding over time. And a lot of times it's a symptom. Most people will focus on the symptom like you described instead of trying to get to the root problem or the root origin of what it is that has caused us to get to where we are now versus where we started out. And so when you think about the situations that they go through, forgiveness, I think, is just one of those things that is usually at an origin. They're harboring unforgiveness towards something, maybe a a bad word, a bad situation or something like that. And Mm -hmm. they haven't, one person hasn't asked for forgiveness and the other person haven't granted it. So I would say those are two areas that take a look at, you know, and, and, and like Renee said, it's, it's never the end unless you decide that it's the end. You should always have to say, did I do everything I possibly can to make this work? Mm-hmm. And if you physically can look yourself in the mirror and be hot with yourself, then, you know, I, we, we'll never say, oh, yeah, get a divorce unless the grounds mm-hmm. that Renee just described. But we we worked with couples that were have been on that verge. And as long as they're willing to put the work in in a time, because we already said it during this yeah, this works. this conversation, marriage is work. And sometimes mm-hmm. we just get lazy. We call that being cold. Being cold. Being cold. cold. Uh, closed, closed. Obstinate. obstinate lazy, lazy. And, and dishonest. Oh, wow. Okay. We, we got that's a, a book, that's a book right there. <laughs> now, that's we have an episode of, on that. Yeah, we that, did an episode on that topic. So, yeah, that's that's absolutely fantastic. If you have a couple and the couple has separated, mm-hmm. um, they've had the time apart. They've done all that they could do to just be apart and be who they are. And they decide, well, maybe we should give this another chance. What would be the first step that they should take before they actually do it? Because I don't think they should immediately do it just because I'm missing somebody or having somebody there. No. What would be the first piece of advice that you would say that they do collectively and individually? Go to our website and do an assessment and we'll work with you. So you guys have an assessment on the website. Yes, you can actually go to our website and we do assessments through Preparing the Rich. And we can help you to really understand where you went. Because I think the big part of it is that people really don't know what they don't know. Thank you. And so if you don't have good communication and you don't have good conflict resolution skills and you don't understand yourself and you don't understand the other. Because the better you understand yourself, the more grace you're going to give to the other person. But normally most people look at the other person. Wow. And I was going to say that that, that's the first thing is get some help. Because sometimes you're too close and you can't see things when you're in it. And to have somebody looking at you from the outside, not looking at you to critique you tell you that you're broken and you did things wrong, but looking at you in a way to say, you know what, why don't we try something new and something different? Because you got to this point because you were doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yeah. And and because you just, you're limited in your your scope and your your capabilities of the skill sets and the tools. A lot of times it's just that we don't know what we don't know. And that's where we kind of come in and try to help And that's something that God has put on our heart to just try to help couples 
to kind of get an understanding, not of just who themselves are and the origin and the, the, the root cause of where it brought them to where they're at, but to also help them and equip them with new skills and new tools. To and community and support. Community and support to, to take them to a new level in their relationships. If there was one thing that you could do differently in your marriage from the beginning up till now, what would be the one thing you would have done differently? For me, I would say I would open up earlier to Renee to start talking more, to start communicating more. I think that for a lot of years, I had a lot of things muddling over in my head. Maybe it's because I'm a guy and I just keep it to myself or whatever the case may be. I didn't realize how vital my wife was to me in helping me get in touch with my emotions and who I am as a man. And it's, it's, it's almost ironic because for someone who is already at the essence of who they are, women, they always say women are in touch with their emotions and men are in touch with their, the mental side, the logical side. I wish I would have done that a lot sooner is to, because she has been so instrumental in me identifying from an emotional standpoint who I am as a man. Yeah. That I, I think it, it stunned my growth for a few years and I, I wish I would have embraced that a little bit earlier. You see, she just fell in love. Right yeah. now. You just you just made her fall in love just all over again, right there. You know, you know, we have Every a saying. We, we have a saying. You know, all your cool points expire at midnight, so you got to start all over. Start all over. <laughs> Renee, what would you say for yourself? I would say that I have spent so much of my time rescuing people that the person who didn't need rescuing didn't get as much attention as he should have gotten. And so this phase of my life, I am spending on investing in my husband and not rescuing people. The rescue mission is gone for a while. They need to let Jesus help them. I just want to I just want to be a couple, be a husband and a wife and enjoy him because he has been a blessing to my life and he's helped me to be the woman I am. And so I want to give him my undivided attention and not be so busy trying to rescue people. I just love, <laughs> I'm so glad we're having this conversation oh, seriously because for me, it's, it's opening up a lot of probably faults that I've had, you know, mm-hmm. in the past and, and, and how I can look at things differently and how to be more effective. I think for me, um, and a lot of people, I think a lot of people, like you just said, Gil, for me and me as a man, I don't like to talk about everything I'm dealing with anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I'd rather wear it than to, than to tell it. Yeah. I'd rather wear it and, and let it wear me down before I open up my mouth. Yes. You know, and I think that's been for me, probably, I'd say probably 90% of the men in this world, that's been our downfall, mm-hmm. you know, because we've been programmed and taught. Yep. Do it this way. Do it this way. Don't do this. Don't cry. Don't break down. Don't lose it. You right. know what I'm saying? And and it's important that we do that. It's important that we know what we know when to say what we need. Exactly. I and I always say, say whatever you don't talk out, you're going to act out. And, 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 I, and I say and I pray that all the brothers who are listening to this. That yeah. you find somebody that, whether it's another brother or your wife or your significant other or somebody that will listen and you have to force yourself to do it because trust me, I spent a lot of years not doing it and it has stagnated my growth as a man. That's just what I believe 100%. Yeah. That, and that, that's the real talk. Mm-hmm. That, and so that's so the, the real ladies, talk. Yeah. I would say 
when he comes to you and he's learning to communicate his feelings and being vulnerable, don't make him feel less than a man. Because real men know who they are, they know how they feel, and they need a safe place to share that and not be judged or be made to feel like there's something wrong with them because they have feelings. Because one of the things I learned was that men are strong physically and emotionally weak. Most women are used to talking to other women. So the things you can say to your girlfriends will crush your husband. Absolutely. You have to be careful about what you say to men, because while they are physically stronger, emotionally, they are not as strong as women are. And so you have to learn how to take what they say and pray about it and listen to them and not make them feel like they're being uh, weak. weak. Wow. So what would you say to the person who you, you, you said once, you know, not to make them feel less than a man. Mm-hmm. But what would you say to the person who is dealing with the man that is not talking, is not communicating? What would you say should be the approach to that, you know, and not make him feel less than a man? Well, I think a part of it is understanding that communication has to be cultivated. And mm-hmm. so it starts off by just asking questions. And one of the things with you, I would never say, I used to always, in the beginning, I would always say, well, what do you feel? Then I learned that men don't feel, they think. And so I'm like, well, what are you thinking about? You know, and I watch him. I watch his facial expressions. I watch his body language. So, okay, well, what's going on? What you doing? What's, how you feeling? You know, well, what you thinking about? What's your favorite thing about Gil, Renee? You know, the thing, and it's funny because we were laying in bed the other morning and, I, and the Lord told me, tell him the things you like about him. You know, I I love your voice. (laughs) I love how you walk up next to me in the kitchen and give me a kiss. I love how you love on the kids. My, you know, our niece and nephew and our daughter and our sister. The the things that I love about Gil are the things that he doesn't really see that much. He's like, what are you talking about? How selfless he is. Gil always, always. I remember him buying everybody else what they needed. And for seven years, he didn't buy clothes. Generous. He is extremely patient because I am a lot, a lot. <laughs> and so, I, and just, just how, and I know it, I know I'm a lot, but just how he responds to me, he never overreacts to me just being me. And I kind of laugh when you said, could he ever think of a time when I wasn't being me? I'm going to always be me. <laughs> okay. I, I got you. <laughs> but it's learning how to not let me being me crowd him out. So I love that he gets oh, wow. to be me and how he loves me and is patient with me and still checks my checks my butt when I need to. There you go. What about you, Gil? I would what say, you, you know, I, I I one of my favorite things about Renee is that she's consistently joyful and excited about life. That's that awesome. is something because I'm 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 an introvert naturally. I know it may not seem like it coming across, but I'm I can just be to myself and be cool with that and be good with that. Renee is, while she's not an extrovert and always got to be out and about in front of people and all that kind of stuff, even though we we do that kind of thing right now, just for the ministry and all that kind of stuff, she is always excited mm-hmm. every single day. I remember when we first got married and the first we night we slept together, or, well, we, we did, we were, we were dating and we slept together, but that's a whole, this is real talk, right? <laughs> this is real talk. We weren't saying, I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> And she woke up and she was like singing and excited and all this stuff. And I was not a morning person. And the first thing I said to her was like, are you like this every morning? 
And let me tell you, for 32, almost wow. 32 years, it hasn't changed. So that's something that I love that she's that consistently <laughs> excited about life and about the people that are in her life and that she loves and cares about. That's something that I, I, I love about her. Well, I, I'm, I'm excited we had this conversation. I, the hour went so quick. Oh, and yeah. I, had, I had so many questions. This you can call us. Well, we can always do a part two. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I would love to do a part two. Once the book is out, everybody's had a chance to get it, sure. you know, and, and we can have a, this a open discussion with other okay. people to get we this out there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your investment in time. Remember to subscribe to the show and hit the notification icon to be notified when new episodes are posted on the podcast platform that you're listening from. Or you can always find us on our website at richrelationshipsus.com or our YouTube channel, Rich Relationships with Gil Renee. If you found this podcast helpful or you think it could help someone that you know and care about, please pass it along and share it with them. And also you can always send your questions and comments to richrelationships.us at gmail.com. This is a weekly podcast and the new episodes are going to be posted on Monday by 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Remember, we're stronger together. Let's grow.